Jason, I, I have to admit, it's, it's becoming of you. That's all I know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, well, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 1 John, 1 John chapter 4. Amen. As we get to the Word of God, what a blessing to see you today. Great worship today. Thank you, Addison, Lauren, Nathan, and Tyler, and Flint. What a blessing you are. Amen. We're going to end our series, and I've been uh, sharing with you about the gospel and uh, how imperative it is that we know the gospel because so often what I find, uh, I even wrote this on my blog this past week, and, uh, and that is that we really, even in the church, struggle with understanding the gospel. And I've shared with you how important it is that you know the gospel, that you don't mix the gospel up with the law. And uh, I share with you the gospel is about God loving us. Amen? God, his love for us and his love to us. And then as a response to God's love for us and to us, then we love God and love others. Uh, as I share with you, so often we think the gospel is loving God and loving others. And uh, that is not the gospel. As Jesus uh, was answering a question to a Pharisee who was a lawyer at the time, and he was helping him to understand what the commandments of God were. And the commandments cannot save anybody. Amen? Because we all missed the mark. And if you don't keep all the commandments all the time, then you have failed. And therefore, the judgment upon you is death and eternal separation from God. But thank God, God has provided a way for us through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen? That we have been loved. And uh, because we've been loved, we received his love. And therefore, it has changed our life. Last week, I shared with you the importance of, of not only uh, receiving God's love, but how important it was that you and I were to love God in response to his love for us. You know, if somebody loves you, the natural response should be what? We love them back. And so we saw last week the incredible, beautiful picture of what happens when somebody experiences the love of God that, watch this, that all of their sins have been forgiven past, present, and future. And realizing the story I shared in Luke chapter 7 was about a woman that realized this incredible gift that was offered to her, that she had been forgiven. She was supposedly an immoral woman, and she had a lot of sin in her life. And, and yet she realized, the, the, heard the message that Jesus spoke, come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And she heard that call, and she received God's love. And, and out of that, she couldn't help but respond when she heard that the Savior, who called her to himself in a mass meeting, and she received him, and then she heard that he was in a house in a more intimate setting. It was a Simon Pharisee's house. And she went over there and took a vial of perfume and poured it out on his feet, poured her tears out on her feet. She's wiping, pulls her hair down, and uses her hair to wipe his feet and just to show to him I love you so much you're worth everything I have as we see that love is about being grateful she was showing how grateful she was and she showed how generous she was you see when you experience God's love you you, might, you once were a stingy person but when you receive his love you become a generous person generous with your time generous with your talent uh, generous with your money amen well, that was weak. Uh, 
<laughs> you know, every time you talk about somebody's pocketbook, it, it, I was like, oh, I, I, I want to skip that part. Uh, but they, they were, she was very grateful. She showed her love. She was grateful, and, and she was generous, and that she was doing something that's so imperative that we understand why you and I were created, and that was to glorify God. She was glorifying her God, and she was letting him know that I am fulfilling the, the, the very purpose that I was created for, and that was to give you glory. And she wasn't thinking about herself. She could care less what the Simon, the, the religious folks thought. She just so fell in love with the one that forgave her for all that she had done and all that she ever will do, and that God had put her in a right relationship with her. Well, today, I want to go to the third aspect of this message is this. It's about loving others, loving others. You see, the Bible tells us when you receive God's love, your, your first step should be loving God, and the second should be very much the same thing, and that is loving others. Look with me in the book of 1 John chapter 4. That'll be our text this morning. He says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us, there it is, and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. May God bless the reading of his holy and precious word. As we think about love today, uh, I, I just want you to think about what God helps us to understand. I believe love can be summed up when you're thinking about God and thinking about how we can live our lives out as a loving person is two words. Number one is one who is giving. You see, when a person says they love somebody, they give them their affection, they give them their attention, amen? And they give them their ability. That's what they do. You see, that's what it means to love. You give yourself away. Remember, God so loved the world, what did he do? He gave his only begotten son. He gave his affection. He gave his attention. He gave everything he had to let us know how much he loved us. Now, we in the same way are to love others the same way. You see, when you tell me that you love me, you must show me through your actions. And God wants us to see that's what love is. This love is not only giving, but watch this. You are never more like God than when you give, and watch this, and when you forgive. This is key and critical in understanding what real love really is. How did God express his love? He gave himself, right? He gave himself, and he forgave all of our sins. You see, the Bible tells us that he is love. He is the perfect picture of what love is. And what did love do? He gave. He gave his son. Why? So that you and I could experience the most incredible benefit of the Christian life, and that is to know that all of your sins are forgiven. Now, let me ask you this. What do you think is the number one cause of divorce? What do you think is the number one cause of friendships breaking up? I'll tell you the answer to those questions is one word. 
Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. It's amazing to me as I understand God's word more and more, as I experience life more and more, what an incredible issue this is, right? Watch this, in the body of Christ. I'm not talking about outside. I'm talking about inside. Now listen to what Proverbs says. It is his glory to overlook a transgression. You are never more like God than when you overlook a transgression. You see, all of us have missed the mark. All of us have transgressed. Transgressed means this, that God had a law. He says, do not do this, and you did it. You rebelled against him and his authority, right? That's what transgression is. And he uses another word that all of us are in, iniquity. The word iniquity means this, we have all done twisted things. You know, God says this is the way, and we say, no, we're going to go this way. And so we've made choices in our life, choices of iniquity. And then he uses a word to cover the rest of it called sin. The word sin means I have missed the mark. That this was your intention. You did everything you was wanting to do, but you just fell short. All of us have been guilty of transgression, of sin, and iniquity. But you see, to be like God, it is never, it is to, to a man's glory that he overlook a transgression. In Ephesians 4, verse 32, look at this verse. It says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Now, as we look at this issue today about loving, meaning this, that we're going to spend a lot of our time here today on what love looks like when we love others. And here's the point I want to get across today, is that when we love, we forgive. And so this is so critical to our life because I believe once you, you want to really experience freedom in life is when, you, when this has happened to you, when you have been forgiven and then you do forgive. It's an amazing thing what happens. You know what happens to a person's face? When a person has experienced forgiveness and then a person does forgive somebody else that has offended them, watch this, joy comes in their life. Peace happens in their life. Love flows to their life. They have a, a spirit of gentleness, of faithfulness, of, of listen. They have self-control. Instead of spouting off anger and, and, and spouting out things that are unbecoming of a person who's been forgiven, we look just like Christ. And that's what God's goal is for all of us. Now, why is forgiveness so important? It's because of this. We are going to fail each other, and most of all, we're going to fail God. Amen? Now, I find those who are filled with bitterness and hatred, violence, and murder are those who are not willing to forgive. You see, we live in a society that promotes this destroyer of lives called unforgiveness. I spent uh, six years in a homeless ministry downtown Augusta Rescue Mission, and I can tell you in interviewing those who come through that 99% of the issues was right here. Now, you would say, well, uh, wait a minute, I, I thought it was addiction. Yeah, addiction's a symptom. You see, what we often deal with, even in the churches, are symptoms. 
What I found in the more people I talked to was this. They had a relationship problem back here that has never been resolved because I will not forgive. And you know what it led them down? It led them down a road that they said, I never dreamed I would have been doing this. I never dreamed I would be doing this. I never dreamed that I would be homeless. Here's a man who has a Harvard education, and he asked me, he says, how do I end up here? And I began to explore, and what I began to explore was relationships back home that have never been dealt with. And he said he will not and he cannot forgive that person. I see it all the time. And it breaks the heart of God. And it breaks my heart because, watch this, you're the one that's in bondage. And God's wanting to set you free so that you will not be in bondage. You see, I believe forgiveness is the most beautiful benefit of the Christian life. You know why? It's because forgiveness brings complete freedom from the past. And watch this, complete freedom from resentment and bitterness in the present. You see, I find in Scripture, scholars tell us that there are, ready for this, 75 word pictures of forgiveness. You think that was an important message that God was trying to get across? 75 metaphors. Are you ready for them? I'm going to give you 75, okay? <laughs> what does forgiveness look like? Forgiveness, I'm going to give you a sample of these, is to forgive, is to turn the key Open the cell door and let the prisoner walk free. Forgiveness is to write in bold, large letters across a debt, nothing owed. Forgiveness is to pound the gavel in a courtroom and declare not guilty. To forgive is to shoot an arrow so high and so far it can never be found again. To forgive is to take out the garbage and dispose of it once and for all, leaving the house absolutely clean. You know what's amazing to me? We have a tendency, I, I did this one time at my house. I said, man, something really stinks in here. So you know the answer, ladies. Febreze, right? That's the, hey, let's just spray it. That's the problem. And you spray it in a moment, guess what? It smells better. But it long, that Febreze, it's got to have another spray. Then I realized, oh, something must be in this trash can. And sure enough, when I opened it, oh my, it had to go. And you know what's amazing to me? Once I got rid of that garbage, didn't have that smell no more. How many of us are holding on to that garbage of unforgiveness? Here's another metaphor. To forgive is to loose the anchor and set the ship free to sail. To forgive is to loosen a stranglehold on a wrestling opponent. I don't know how many of you used to watch wrestling back in the day, but I remember as a kid watching Mr. Wrestling number one and wrestling number two, right? In Mr. Rest number two, he had that famous hole. What was it? The sleeper hole. See, I knew I had someone, somebody with me here today. And sure enough, he locked that thing on in there. 
<laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> Here's another one. It's still deceived. Yes. Uh, she thinks it was for real then. Do you believe it? <laughs> You know what I like the best part about that? It was not that he put him to sleep and everything he won. What I liked, I just wanted to be that person that would set him back up and just smack him on the back real hard, you know? All of a sudden, he comes awake, you know? It's amazing. <laughs> to forgive is to sandblast a wall of graffiti, leaving it looking brand new. And to forgive is to smash a clay pot into a thousand pieces so it could never be put back again. Now, I could give you many more, but you get the picture. What am I saying? Forgiveness is liberating. Forgiveness is liberating. You remember when, when God come to you and he put that, his finger on you and he showed you, I know everything about you. I know everything you've done, everything you've thought. And I want you to know I love you so much that I want to forgive you. And you said yes. And you remember that piano that was on your back? It was no longer there. All of a sudden, instead of walking like this, man, you ready to rock and roll. That's why I don't dance, okay? <laughs> oh, me. Brother Jeff's back there thinking, what have I come to today? That's what I want to know. <sighs> you see, the most virtuous and noble thing a man or woman can do is to forgive an offense. Now watch this. I believe this with all my heart. No relationship can survive the absence of forgiveness. If you don't forgive continually, you will accumulate resentment which will turn into bitterness, and that will destroy you and every relationship you have. You're never more like God than when you give, and you're never more like God than when you forgive. Let me give you a definition of forgiveness for us to work with today. Here it is on the screen for you. Forgiveness is a verbally declared, personally granted promise. It is a statement of undeserved, unearned love that affirms to an offender that there is no anger, no hatred, no desire for vengeance, no retaliation because guilt has been removed, blame has been removed, there is no self-pity and no bitterness. Now, I'll just give you that definition. You know what that de definition is from? That's the attitude of God towards sinners. That was God's love towards you. He said, well, I can't do that. Yeah, he tells us, love one another with the love that he's given to you. You see, God never tells us to do something that he doesn't enable us to do it. Amen? He's not depending on your flesh to be able to do this. He's given you his Holy Spirit to enable you to do everything he's called you to do. Now, let me just make this clear right up front because some of you, I know you're struggling as I think about this. Forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation, okay? Now, I'm going to set somebody free here today because I think sometimes we think forgiveness and reconciliation are one and the same. Now, I believe that's important 
that we experience both. But the reality is you can forgive someone but not be reconciled to them. Now let me explain this. In order to have a love relationship, it takes two people. Amen? And that two people must be trusting of one another and able to be able to have a reconciliation. Now, that means this. I can forgive somebody, but may never be reconciled to them again. Now, God's will for us is for all of us to experience reconciliation with God, okay? And ultimately, reconciliation with one another so far as it depends on you, okay? Now, some of us walk around with a lot of guilt because we have forgiven someone, but because this someone is still living a different lifestyle and they don't want anything to do with them, you can't have a relationship with somebody that doesn't want a relationship with you. And listen, I don't care how spiritual you get. In order to have a relationship, it takes two people. Amen? That's why God offers to us reconciliation and calls us ambassadors of reconciliation. Why? Because God is unconditionally going to forgive you. So therefore, if you will come to him, you can be reconciled to him. Because why? It takes two people, God and you. Now, in order for us to experience the incredible love God has for us, we need to be willing to forgive one another. But forgiveness and reconciliation are not the same. Now, let me just share with you the message of forgiveness. The message of forgiveness, here it is. Forgiveness is a choice followed by a process. Forgiveness is a choice followed by a process. It is something you can do because of what God has done for you. Remember, in Ephesians 4.32, he's forgiven you. And because he's forgiven you, he says, so you forgive one another. Just as I've forgiven you, you forgive one another. Now, now watch this. You do not feel your way into forgiveness. You know, this is what happens right here. Well, <laughs> when I feel like forgiving them, then I'm going to do it. Well, watch this. Satan himself will make sure you never feel like it. He's going to do everything he can to get you to hold on to that resentment, hold on to that anger, hold on to that bitterness. That's what his desire is to do. Now, let me explain to this with you as, as well is this. With this as well is this. <clears throat> Not only is it a choice, but it's a, a process. Forgiveness is a process because why? Emotionally, after you have forgiven someone, what inevitably happens to some of us, if you have really been hurt, damaged uh, really deeply, those emotions will come back up again. And so, therefore, God reminds you, forgive, just as I've forgiven you. Remember what I've done for you. Forgive them. Allow those emotions, listen to me, don't deny the emotions. So what's happening in a church today is that we are denying our emotions, and therefore, there's no healing going on in the church. Listen, you're not just a thinking person and a choosing person. You are a feeling person as well. Okay? When God saved you, he saved you in your mind, in your emotions, and in your will. That's your soul. That's who you are. I didn't just pick out parts of you. All of you are that, working together. 
But God requires us to forgive. He says in Colossians 3.13, bearing with one another, forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. It's amazing to me. In, in Mark 11, verse 25, he says, whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you your trespasses. Listen to me. <clears throat> we often read a passage like this in Mark, and we hear this. If you don't forgive so-and-so, God will not forgive you. Okay? Now, let me speak on that real quickly. God forgives us unconditionally because it's based on him. Okay? And that relationship with him is secure. We have a heavenly relationship. And once we experience Christ, he forgives us for all of our sins. Okay? Past, present, future. Now watch this. Even those sins by which you are choosing not to forgive somebody. But listen to me. Here on earth, God says, if you're choosing not to forgive, then God's not going to forgive your transgressions on this earth. But listen, your relationship with him is intact. But there is something that's come between you and I, and we can't have the intimacy that we want because you will not forgive. It's not I cannot, it's I will not. So I choose to forgive. Follow that as a process of forgiveness as things and emotions and feelings, and we see this person again, and those emotions rise up again. And, and God understands that. But God wants you to know that as you continue to forgive, he releases you more and more emotionally from that. And that's what God's doing here. The second thing is this. Forgiveness is a call to let go of revenge. <clears throat> forgiveness is a call to let go of revenge. Now, let's just be real honest. The last thing we want to do is to forgive somebody that's hurt us. We want to see them what? <laughs> Willie's over here laughing. Yeah, we, we want the worst to happen to him. I, I'm mindful of a story. I heard a doctor had a guy come in, this man come in, and, and sure enough, the doctor diagnosed him and, and checked everything and, and got the blood work back and says, yep, you're right. You do have rabies. The dog, is, it, it, you've been bitten, and you have rabies. There's no doubt about it. And this is what, what the guy did. He turned around and pulled out a piece of paper and started writing. And the doctor says, it, it's okay. It, it, it's going to be all right. We've got a cure for that. It's okay. He said, no, doc, you don't understand. I'm writing down all the people I want to bite before you cure me. That, that's not the way. In Romans chapter 12, listen what the Word of God says. It says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved. But watch this. But leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Now watch this. When you forgive somebody, they are now off of your hook, but they're not off of God's hook. 
Okay? So quit carrying around that dead weight and let them off your hook because it's killing you. People who don't forgive want the other people to feel worse than they do. They don't want to just feel as bad as they do. They want to feel worse than they do. We've got to quit drinking poison and wishing someone else would die. Listen, you're killing yourself. You're killing yourself. You know, Jesus uh, shared a parable about forgiveness, and, and this guy had been forgiving him a large debt, and, and then when he got out, he, he found out this person that owed him $100. So he went to them and began to choke him and everything, and Jesus found out about it, and, and said he wasn't happy with it at all. And he says, hey, he put him back and said, let the torturers have at him. You know what I began to think? When we don't forgive the torturers go to work on you and I. You know why a lot of our sickness is happening to us? It's because of unforgiveness. You know the stress that you're carrying around, the pressures of life, the difficulties that are so hard and heart-wrenching to you? You know where most of these are coming from? They're coming out of a spirit and a person who will not forgive. I remember 10 years ago reading a book in, in the medical journal that they have even realized there's some connection to, watch this, to having cancer and unforgiveness. Wow. That blew my mind. But it didn't surprise me because, listen, when we're harboring sin and unforgiveness is sin in our hearts, our bodies are wasting away. Remember David in Psalms 32? He talked about how blessed is the man who's forgiven. And then he said, when I was a man that was not forgiven, when I was not experiencing that in my life, this is what's happening. When I was harboring that sin in my life, my body wasted away. He said it was like the fever heat of the day. It was like the hand was heavy upon me and my vitality was going out of me. Maybe we need to ask ourselves, why am I really depressed? Why am I really stressed? Is there a relationship problem? Is there a forgiveness problem? God understands the hurt. Nobody's been hurt worse than God. He understands you, and he loves you, and he's there for you. But forgiveness is a call to let go, to let go of revenge and leave it in God's hand. The third message of forgiveness is this. Forgiveness is choosing to live with the consequences of others' sin. Listen to me. You're going to live with those consequences. It's a fact of life. Adam, when he sinned, are we experiencing any consequences? When you have sinned and you've hurt somebody, the consequences don't go away. But watch this. You choose to live with those consequences either in the bondage of bitterness or, as Neil Anderson would tell you, or the freedom of forgiveness. Remember the cross. 
Every unjust thing was placed upon Jesus. And he died for all of our sins. And he chose to live with the consequences. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Fourth message of forgiveness is this. Forgiveness comes from the heart. Matthew 18, 35 says, My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. Now, why is that important? Because here's the major issue. If forgiveness doesn't touch your emotions, there will never be any healing in your life. You know what happens to most of us? And it's natural. It's a defense mechanism, I know, is this. We've been hurt. And the last thing I want to do is to go back to that moment and that time and that feeling that happened to me and that hurt. Because if I do, watch this, and I've counseled scores of people with this, I'm going to lose it. And I would tell the person, lose it. You need to feel it all. Because if you do not feel it, God can't heal it. And see, God is wanting us to understand. That's why he tells us to, to listen, it hurt. It was wrong. God knows that. But listen, if you just put it away in your mind and ignore those emotions, you will never get healed from it. And God is, listen, he is the healer. He doesn't just want you to heal in your thinking. He doesn't just want to heal in your choices. He wants to heal you in your damaged emotions. And last is this. Forgiveness is all by God's grace. The reason why you can forgive the reason why you can experience forgiveness is because of grace. And the reason why you do forgive is because of God's grace to you. And what you're doing is, watch this, everything God touches, he's making like himself. Okay? If God is forgiving, guess what he's going to make you into becoming? A person who forgives. That's what he does. God is loving. He's going to make you what? Loving. God is holy. He's going to make you what? Holy. God is giving. He's going to make you what? It's amazing. You just say the word. Yes. Everything about God. That's what he's doing. Paul said it this way. To the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed upon us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. Now listen to the measure of the forgiveness according to the riches of his grace. That's how you're to forgive, by God's grace. Now you're saying, well, listen, pastor, they don't deserve it. I know. You didn't either. I didn't either. That's the beautiful thing about it. You're being like God. You're being gracious. You're being gracious, and you're being merciful. You see, 
since it is by God's grace, it is not the character of the offender, which is the measure of forgiveness, but the character of the offended one. So let me ask you, what kind of character do you have? You see, it's not the measure, it is not measured by what we have done. Just take any wrongdoing. Forgiveness is likely by what has been done. It's not the size of the wrongdoing, but the size of the heart of the offended one. You take any grudges in the family, what's the issue? It's the heart of the one who's been offended. God's mercy endures forever. You see, we often are like Peter. Peter thinks he's being very gracious. He asked the Lord, he said, Lord, you know this thing about forgiveness, I, I need to ask you a question. You know, go ahead, Peter. <coughs> How many times should we forgive? Three times? And Jesus says, Peter, I tell you, seven times 70, which in essence is 490 if you multiply that. But the message he's trying to get across Forgive them as often as they need it. You know, we're, we use the baseball method in forgiving, right? One, strike one, strike two, strike three, out of here. So we do. So I don't want to leave you hanging here today. How do we forgive? How do we do it? I think it's a real simple process. But it will take everything in you to do it. It's simply this. Lord, I choose to forgive Willie for embarrassing me. He made me feel unworthy. I'm just using Willie. He didn't do any of these. I'm just, he knows I can pick on him. But this is what we got to do. This is how you forgive. Lord, I choose. Remember, it's a choice. I choose to forgive. Put their name in there. Now, if you're like me, you have this piece of paper here, and you just write down the list of names. I remember counseling with one person. She said, well, that paper ain't enough. I said, I got more paper. You just keep going. Now, it's important that we understand this because why? I choose to forgive, put their name in there, and what they did or failed not to do, and then how it made you feel. Okay? That's the process of forgiveness. Now, as, you, as we end this today... After we do that process, then we begin to say, Lord, I choose not to hold on to my resentment. I, I thank you for setting me free from the bondage of my bitterness. I relinquish my right to seek revenge and ask you to heal my damaged emotions. I now ask you, watch this. This is when you're really getting serious. I now ask you to bless so-and-so. <laughs> you're right. Well, when you really forgive, that's what you're going to do. You know why? 
because that's how God does us. You know what he does? He blesses us and then he forgives us and then he what? He blesses us. Oh, church, I believe with everything in me. As God was preparing this message weeks ago, I said, God, if we could get this, it could cause revival to happen in Freedom Bible Church. I believe if, we could, if, the, if the church community as a whole could get this, it could transform us, and we could really see multitudes coming to know God. Perhaps there's someone that you are struggling with, that you are at odds with, that you have been hurt by. I'm asking you, based on the grace of God today, on the mercy of God, don't leave here holding that. Don't leave here being and living out a person of unforgiveness. It will kill you. It will destroy you. It will shorten your life. So I tell you, with everything in me, come to the cross and let him spill his blood over you so that you can in turn take his blood and give it to somebody else who desperately needs it. Who's hurt you today? You know that person has already come to your mind. I'm asking you, make this altar the busiest place there is today. Father, in Jesus' name, may each one examine his or her own heart today and ask themselves, Lord, is there any resentment, any bitterness, any anger, any hatred, any malice, any clamor, any gossip that's going on in my life? That all stems back to I've been hurt and I haven't forgiven. Let this be the day. Let this be the time, Lord, that you set the captives free. Oh, Lord, have your way. May they experience your grace, your mercy, and your love here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. The altar is open here. You can pray right where you are. You can come up here. Listen, if you don't know God's forgiveness for yourself personally, today is the day of salvation. God's waiting. He loves you. You come as God leads. Bye.